Coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. You can go deep with creating your irresistible offer and ideally identify like who is your ideal market? What is the unique message? What is the unique method of which you do it? And then what is your unique offer in the name of it? Do you want to learn the tricks the top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help. Lead to Succeed picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, Episode 34. This episode's interesting fact is, each of your eyes has a small blind spot in the back of the retina where the optic nerve attaches. You don't notice the hole in your vision because your eyes work together to fill in each other's blind spot. Out of all the muscles in your body, the muscles that control your eyes are the most active. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dan Cushell, an expert in filling in blind spots. Dan is a husband, dad, serial entrepreneur, and angel investor. He helps business owners connect the dots, see the blind spots, and get unstuck by helping them get more clients, grow sales and profits, so that you or they can have a bigger impact, reach, and contribution. Dan is a regular media contributor, hosts his own radio show, and has been a guest featured on multiple TV, radio, print, and online publications. Dan was recently rated as one of the top 25 influencers by Influenceive, say that 20 time, 25 times quickly, <laughs> and rated as one of the top podcasts by Forbes. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's a pleasure to be with you and uh, lead to Succeed Nation. Thank you. We are super excited to have you. And I want to, I mean, there's so much here to unpack, but you don't become all of this overnight. And I think one of the things that we try to emphasize in our conversations here at Lead to Succeed is the backstory that people experience along the way. How do they become an influencer? How do they become somebody that all of these top-rated shows and publications are interested in hearing from? So, Take us back a little bit, Dan. I'm not sure how far back we're going, but you could add that in as well. The main thing I want to know is how you got started. Uh, walk us through that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and again, it's a pleasure to be with you, Neftali. And I've always been fascinated, maybe like you as you're listening, or about psychology, right? Why people do what they do. Like, why do people respond to certain things? So, you know, I am so blessed, uh, Niftali, because my sister introduced me to this industry, you know, all the way back in the late 80s. She actually got me a position in a direct response marketing company. And I was working there part-time while I was going to college playing baseball uh, and attending classes most of the time, <laughs> truth be told. And I got so fascinated by how when you would put, you know, things in the mail, and you could put an ad on TV or an ad on the radio, and then people would respond to these things and call a number or pay you money. And so I became obsessed in many ways with you know the psychology and studying, learning from all kinds of mentors all the way back in the late 80s. And then out of college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And you know, I, was, I pursued teaching. Uh, well, I played baseball and my real dream was to play pro baseball and that didn't quite work out due to injuries. And, and the fact is I just probably wasn't good enough. And I watched a lot of my friends in teaching Niftali who they were, you know, it seemed 
on a path where they were going to have a roommate named dad until they were in their mid thirties. And so that didn't seem that exciting. I was like, how can I take the idea of teaching and this fascination with direct marketing and blend it together? And I started my first company at 22. We would go to health clubs uh, to help them get more sales, get more clients. And we had an irresistible offer, which is one of the critical things every business can learn to do, create an irresistible offer. Yep. And you know, we had momentum right out of the gate, um, but then I started learning some of the hard lessons in business. And now fast forward here almost 30 years, I've had a series of 11 plus companies that I've started. I've been fortunate to build a few eight figure couple, you know, several uh, seven figure companies, but I've also had some failures uh, and where a lot of the greatest learning actually happens. And I love Dan Sullivan's take on failure, which is failure isn't failure. It's market research, and in some cases, extreme market research. So I've had my fair share of extreme market research to go along with a handful of successes. And today, I'm really fortunate and blessed to to get a chance to work with some great clients and help them generate more business, grow their sales, grow their profitability, and, and have a bigger impact. Wow. I love the answer. And I happen to connect deeply with that because I am... I'm not, I'm not saying I'm very good with the marketing piece of things, but the teaching part really resonates with me. I'm a former educator and school leader. And so the idea that even now in my coaching work, I feel that I am continuing to teach, continuing to try to help people, if not educate them directly, which may be more consulting or mentoring, but allowing them finding their own pathway forward through the coaching questions and, and techniques that we use. It's certainly something that, that resonates very deeply with me. And uh, I wanted, my next question is forthcoming, but I wanted to stick one in if I could just before that. You talked about an irresistible offer as a way by which to get your business off the ground, however many years back we're talking at this point, I think about 30 years, you said. What does that look like for folks? What would an irresistible offer typically be for someone? And then, you know, when when is it the proper time in your mind, Dan, to pull that back and uh, to be able to, you know, make offers that maybe are fair, if you will, for the coach consultant at the same time, still offering great value for the client. Yeah, there, there is certainly a lot of layers to this. Like in our, in our training programs, we actually teach people how to go beyond like the avatar exercise, which a lot of people have heard about or beyond like the unique selling proposition, which has been taught, you know, since the early seventies, if not earlier, uh, going beyond, you know, a place of being like caught up in the me too world of business or the same old, same old. So I'll give one step out of a multiple step process that we walk clients through that I think for many will be game changing if you can think about it. And and a framework that that I'll share in Niftali is related to my uh, good friend, Dean Jackson, who teaches this idea, which is what if you only got paid when and if you delivered results for your clients? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the focus shifts from like what our product is, what our service is to being client focused and using the language of results and you and focusing on the language of our clients. So so an irresistible offer starts with thinking about like what do our clients really want? Not what mm-hmm. they need, but what do they want? And using the language that they tell us regularly that they want, not techno babble and not uh, industry jargon, but their their language. And so a simple way to set up an irresistible offer, and again, there's multiple steps to unpack this. So I'll just give one that 
everyone can use starting today, which is, you know, it's a question, you know, and you fill in the blank. So like when I got started years ago, our irresistible offer, if you were a health club owner in Niftali, we'd come to you and go, you know, Niftali, if we could uh, generate a couple hundred new clients for you in the next 90 days or less, and it wouldn't cost you anything up front. In fact, you won't risk anything at all. Our company will risk and we'll run direct mail for you. We'll run TV for you. We'll run radio for you. And then once we profit, then we'll split the profits on the back end. Would you want to know more about how we could do that? Mm-hmm. I would. So that's an example of an irresistible offer to, mm-hmm. to compel Dean Jackson calls. You want to get people to be compelled to work with you versus selling them or repelling them. Yeah. Right. And it's the difference between, you know, you kind of leaned on it a little bit earlier, which is how to sell without selling, right? Instead of selling, it's about interviewing. So questions are a really critical way. So the framework is, you know, if we could show you a way to get X without or avoiding Y, would you want to know more about it? It's, you know, like piquing someone's interest starts with that irresistible and, and leading with that big promise right up front of what you could do for them and figuring out. Now, in all cases, you can't package your product or service that way where like we did years ago, and maybe you don't want to, like if I were starting today, I would not make that kind of irresistible offer, but I would do it. I was, I was going to ask you that question because that seemed to have tremendous risk attached to it. Right. Yeah. So now, like for example, a guarantee that we put in place for a client that was a little bit of ahead of its time, it was for a big event, an annual event that they host. And it was $10,000 to attend just a two-day event. And what we did is we packaged the offer. You know, if you attend this event and you attend the first day of the two days and you don't feel it's at least worth $250,000 in value and you decide that, not only will we reimburse you the full amount to attend the 10000 but we'll also reimburse you up to $2,500 in verified travel expenses because we know your wow. time is valuable, right? So that's an example. And you see versions of that, you know, out there uh, in different ways for programs, for events, et cetera. So it's really thinking, like, how can you eliminate the risk? How can you make it irresistible? And then let's go back to the you know formula that was taught by Elias St. Elmo all the way back in the 1800s. It's called the ADA formula. A lot of people have heard of this formula, but many don't know that it was Elias St. Elmo in the 1800s who uh, evolved it, which is AIDA. You want to get someone's attention, right? That's where a big promise can come in. You want to make sure to have an offer that's of interest to your client. A lot of times we don't lead with a question like you brought up earlier. It's about the interview, not the sale. It's asking the question to pique their their direct interest right now, right? Mm -hmm. So attention, interest. D is desire. You want to build up the desire and focus on the desires your clients has, the wants that they have, right? There's a big difference, Niftali, as you know, is, you know, there's an old lie in business and marketing and sales that says, find a need and fill it, right? Mm -hmm. Greatest misconception in business, one of the fastest ways for most business owners to go broke is that path right there. It's not find a need, it's find a want Mm -hmm. and fill it, Mm -hmm. right? Find Mm -hmm. people who want, there's a lot of people who need to lose weight. A lot of people who need to quit smoking. A lot of people who need to do all kinds of things. You want to find the people who want those things, who desire, yeah. who are hungry for those. So A, attention, I, interest, D, desires. And then the last A in the AIDA formula from Elias St. Elmo is 
action. You know, it's call to action. Give people uh, a direction of what to do next. Like when we were running these direct response ads all the way back then, even then, we said, call this 800 number right now. Yeah. Right. Um, you see this today, go to this website right now to get this. Right. So, so those are a couple ways to think about it. Deliver results in advance, uh, frame the irresistible offer with a great peak interest question. And then of course you can have some context. Think of the AIDA uh, framework and uh, formula. Beautiful. So I want to come back to something we talked about earlier. There's so much, by the way, to unpack. I'd love to keep going. Uh, one thing I, that I did hear in your response that really did resonate with me, and I've done some significant work on this on my own in terms of building my own business and really speaking the language that my clients would find you know, to be really meaningful to them and, and, and kind of speak to their pain points, is this notion of, is there a, a problem that they have that they don't want? Oh, yeah or a solution that they want, but they don't have. And yes. using the word want instead of need kind of you know intersected very nicely there because you are right. There are a lot of things folks need or may need, but they don't see that they need it. You know, a lot of people that need coaching for, you know, in all honesty and all candor that don't necessarily pursue it either because they see that they can't, in their mind, they can't afford it or there are other blocks. They, they feel that uh, it would reflect poorly on them. And there's so many examples of this in all different industries. And, and I would think that if we can find a way to tap into what somebody wants, ultimately that's what drives them. So long as you have then something to offer, that's going to move them from point A to point B. Is that, did my understanding you right? Absolutely. And I, and I love that framework. I think I first heard a version of that from uh, our, probably a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dov Gordon, who talks about having a want, something they want, but don't have yet. Right. It's actually right. That's exactly the person I was working with. Thank you for mentioning it, Dove Gordon. He did, does some really great work in that space and kind of getting your, your mind around what it is that your clients want and how do you distinguish yourself in your language from just another coach, consultant, provider that does a litany or a wide array of services to be very, very specific in I help person X solve problem Y. And you do so yes. in a way. So I created, for example, very recently, and you can access it on my website at impactfulcoaching.com forward slash epic. I created an epic solution to understaffing. And so far, I've created a version for nonprofit leaders as well as for small business leaders, because these are two areas where I found folks routinely telling me, if I just had more people, if my team was just a little bit bigger and more robust and all of that, I would get so much more done. And, and sometimes, you know, you could just throw money at it, hire somebody else. But many times you really need to instead think about how can you work smarter? Right? How can you take the resources you already have and align it better? And so EPIC stands for expectations, setting expectations, pulling your team together, being more influential as a leader, and communicating more effectively. Uh, it certainly can put somebody on the fast track towards moving from understaffing to over-delivery. And, and I think that in the context of messaging, you know, people ultimately, yes, you're there, you're going to pitch your services, you want to grow as a coach and as a consultant, but ultimately you have to look at it, I would think, as what is the service that I'm providing for others? How am I making a positive difference? And let the value speak for itself in terms of your the arrangements that you make with your clients. Absolutely. And, and if we can unpack this even a little deeper, Niftali, I mean, because I love it. And I, you know, on your site, it says impactful seeks to educate, inspire leaders to be their very best for them and their teams, right? That is correct. And, 
you know, when you look at, you know, Dov's framework, the framework you've been talking about, this idea of an irresistible offer, you know, we won't have time to uh, truly unpack all of it. But with our programs, we we go deep with this and we find there's an unfolding that happens. Like, you know, what would it be worth to be in a place where you're never in a position of being commoditized, that you are the only solution. In fact, you become the choice of one Mm -hmm. in your niche. And so I'll give an example. You know, many people, have you heard of um, Dave Asprey by chance? I have not. Okay. So this will be a good example with Dave. So Dave, his niche. So, so we consider there's multiple layers of this, but I'm going to just cover four of them really quickly. The first is identifying your unique market, going deeper on, on this whole concept we're talking about. So your unique market, right? So Dave's unique market are fitness enthusiasts who love coffee, right? He didn't go after everybody. He focused on fitness enthusiasts who love coffee, right? So the first part of the, the process and I'm unpacking is identifying what is your unique market, right? Dave's was fitness enthusiasts who love coffee. Next is the unique message, right? His unique message is uh, essentially get fit drinking coffee. I mean, who would have thought you could get fit drinking coffee? Mm-hmm. So you want to identify what is your unique message. So you've got your market, you've got your message. Then you identify, okay, what is my unique method to deliver that? Now, how he gets people fit drinking coffee is a unique process where you add grass-fed butter to coffee, which again, who would have thought that you just do something that simple and it would you know, be miraculous. And then what is the unique offer? In his case, it's a, it's a coffee called Bulletproof Coffee right? That a lot of people have, have actually used and heard of. And it's one of the fastest growing uh, companies in the world, right? So the whole point is, is you can go deep with creating your irresistible offer and I, ideally identify like who is your ideal market? Who is, what is the unique message? What is the unique method of which you do it? And then what is your unique offer in the name of it? Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach says a really great Niftali, which is you know, if you name the game, you own the game, right? And so if you can, as you're listening right now with what Naftali shared about earlier, and, and ideally this idea of an irresistible offer, how you can make your company irresistible is really get clarity and simplicity, by the way, around these four things for your clients. Then what happens, it makes it easier for your clients to talk about what you do. I mean, how easy is it for me to brag about Bulletproof Coffee? Because I, you know, I can say these couple simple words for each of these very quickly. You know, my buddy, Joe Polish, who's a client and has been a client at Genius Network, you know, his unique market are high achieving entrepreneurs who want high level connections and high level collaboration overall, right? And they're doing at least a million a year. That's his unique market, his unique uh, message is reducing suffering for entrepreneurs. His unique method to do that is called the return on genius process. And then his unique offer is something called genius network. You know, identify your unique market, you know, look at your unique message, look at your unique method of wh- how you do it, do what you do, and then look at your unique offer, right? And, you know, this is transformational, what it can do. You know, we actually take companies and their team through an entire day process to unpack this. Uh, but you can get started with this today. And recently we had done this with a client who, uh, you know, until we worked with them, they, they basically were an awesome company serving and supporting chiropractors or doctors 
alternative medicine integrated health companies on Facebook advertising. Mm -hmm. And that's what they were known as, right? Yep. And we helped them unpack this over the you know course of our time together and help them get real clarity on differentiating so they could identify their unique market, which they identified as docs who work with stem cells. And their unique message was around simplify client acquisition, right? And their unique method of which they do that is now called the patient infusion method, which is also, it doubles as their offer. And they put this in place a handful of months ago and get this, they went from serving clients. And and again, they were doing a great work for these clients. They were charging about $500 a month, right? And, you know, they felt like they were having to beg clients. They felt like they had to chase clients around it, you know, you know, get, get them and stuff. They moved this way, you know, and and what they found is that they can get, they get higher level clients who pay them more, who appreciate them more, who enhance them more, who refer them more, right? And they're now charging upwards of $5,000 a month or $60,000 a year. Wow. They just did an event here a couple months back after we, we helped them install this. They had like, you know, they didn't do like a grand launch. You hear about a lot of people having, oh, hundreds of people or thousands of people. They had like 11 people, they're a small business, mm-hmm. 11 people show up for this event they hosted where they announced and introduced this model. They had six people take advantage of the offer, which is basically a $60,000 a year offer, right? Right. They're essentially doing the same work for their clients, right? They got so excited by this that they now want to do that type of event four, five, six times a year. Hmm. And they project, Dr. Scott says, you know, that they will add over a million and a half to $2 million in new business as a result of going through this kind of process. So it's really powerful. In many ways, it's simple. It's clear. It gives not only the the business clarity, but it also gives our clients clarity. The byproduct of this is you get more referrals, which is awesome. And it also allows you to leverage you know, smarter advertising as well. So I, I could s- spend a lot of time on this, as you can tell. Get yeah, to- no, I can tell. Absolutely. And I think what's counterintuitive for so many folks is that we all, you know, if we, if we offer some type of service, we may think that everyone would benefit from it and why not cast the widest net possible. And I think the lesson that I learned from Dove and what I'm hearing from you as well, Dan, is the idea that, you know, you really, really want to get specific, both in terms of who you're targeting and the language that you use so that these people feel that you are really the person or the firm or whatever it might be that can service them better than anyone else. And people will pay for that. Uh, You may lose out in the quantity of individuals, at least up front, but you will make up more than than that plenty, you know, tenfold or whatever that figure may be in terms of the quality, the depth and the amount that you ultimately can charge them. And then you will continue to build out that way. And that's a beautiful really fantastic, you know, uh, I would say business approach, something that took me a long time and a lot of discipline to learn because again, I really wanted to be there for everybody. So let's stay there if I can for a second in the area of connecting and more specifically influence. What does it mean to you, Dan, to be an influencer? That's question number one. And is that something you aspire towards or would you just say that's that for whatever it might mean that it kind of just happened for you? I would say it just happened. I live by, you know, something I noticed in your work, uh, at least I noticed in your work at Lead to Succeed, uh, Niftali, which is being a servant leader. And I think a servant mm-hmm. leader mm-hmm. leads to these titles and, and different things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, influence is really just 
serving, listening, right? It's not selling, it's, it's listening. You know, we, we call this uh, how to sell without selling, uh, the unique, mm-hmm. unusual interview method to actually get more clients. And what it is, is, you know, really getting in our client's shoes and having a conversation and listening to what they really want. And if, and only if there's a good fit, then being able to introduce them to our stuff. But if it's not a good fit, which, you know, seven out of 10 times, it's probably not a fit for our stuff. That means being open to go, okay, I've understood what you need and want. Let me introduce you to resources that can help you. And so it it then becomes being useful, resourceful, and valuable uh, to them as a servant leader. Got it. Let's shift a little bit within your line of work, Dan, because there's another thing that I read in the bio that really intrigued me. And in fact, I, I tied it into my interesting fact you may have noticed. You talk about connecting the dots for people as well as helping them see their blind spots. Yes. So I, I know I've written about this. I have it actually as a chapter within my book, but I'd love to get your take. What is What do you mean by connecting the dots and how do you help folks see their blind spots and then, of course, do something about it? Yeah. So specifically, we help connect the dots because you know how a lot of people struggle to have a predictable flow of of, of new clients. Yeah. Right. Guilty as charged. Yeah. And so what we do is we help entrepreneurs, experts, you called it influencers, connect the dots so that they can have a predictable, steady flow of new clients. You know, one of the methods we use is is really walking our clients through this irresistible offer idea, right? In the, in the multiple layers, uh, we even go deeper with something called a unique process uh, overall. So it's creating the simplicity and creating a system for, you know, selling, you know, some people have the misconception of selling. And, and I think it starts there with, with, you know, it's an education based process. Most people don't like selling, right? I, I know for me, I was more of an introvert. I was more mm-hmm. of a teacher coming out of school. So selling is a little bit awkward for people. So how do you take this desire to help, this desire to innately be a leader, to serve, and turn it into a valuable skill that isn't like a you know, high-pressure selling thing or a, you know it's salesy? Or you know, many times I've talked to a lot of clients who felt like they were selling their soul until they got introduced to our techniques. So yeah, you know it's combining it's combining automation. It's combining you know. Uh, technology with psychology is really what we help do in bridging that gap to to connect the dots to help create more clients more leads and especially the right type of clients sure yeah that's very interesting and uh, I, I'd love to go a little bit further if I can because you talked about introversion and I consider myself I've mentioned this many times in in various recordings a card carrying introvert which makes it interesting in terms of leadership and engaging with others and having those kinds of conversations. And that definitely is an obvious place where one could see a blind spot or at least a challenge. And how do you overcome that so that you could be, if not excellent, at least satisfactory in the area of sales, marketing, and kind of networking with others? What would be another example of somebody, because you talk about helping people make a bigger impact, reach, and contribution, and that part is of particular interest to me. What's an example of, of someone that you've worked with without, you know, sharing too much in the specifics where that individual, you know, really had tons of potential, uh, a real, you know, they were sort of chomping at the bit to make that difference, but they couldn't quite get there. And with your intervention, you really pushed them forward. 
Yeah, without turning it into like a pitch for our stuff. You know, one, one example that comes to mind is a, a mutual friend called uh, named Joe Polish of, of Genius Network. Now, he was already in many ways successful, but a lot of his business was still built on the back of his hustle, his charm, his his ability to go out there and, you know, shake the bushes, if you will, or be a road warrior. And, you know, I was a client of Joe's and Joe actually, I got introduced to Joe all the way back in like 2001. He had bought a program of mine and that's how we got connected and introduced. And then I became a client when he started his community called Genius Network and was in that five years and happily paid him 25 grand a year to be a part of that great community. And then I built up my companies, Neftali, and then sold them. And, and Joe and I still stayed in touch and we come full circle after I took a break from the group, I came back into the group and, you know, Joe basically was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working with independent clients and helping them grow their businesses and stuff. And we got to talking and I found out, you know, at that time he had 67 members and he wanted to grow it up over a hundred. And as you probably know, Joe is amazing at marketing and his company was already, you know, a major success, but he wanted it to be have that bigger impacts. And it also to create freedom for him to focus on more of the, his passion projects, which uh, I can talk about if we want to, but long and the short of it is, you know, Joe, we, we put in some of the systems, we shifted his offer. We put in an automated selling system. And as an example for his genius network community, he was getting about 30 some applicants a year for it, which is awesome in many ways for, for a high level program. But we put in this automated system uh, that brought in, you know, ideal potential clients. And we were generating about a hundred qualified clients a month. Wow. A hundred. Wow. Right. That he could then decide and discern like, okay, these are a good fit. These aren't. So we got to a hundred candidates a month. We grew, we didn't hit the goal of 67 to a hundred in reality. We actually, we took it over 200 members, Mm. right. With the, with this model. And uh, what it allowed Joe to do, as I perceive it, is it allowed it to free him up as the owner, as the visionary, as the innovator that he is, so that he could focus on more great relationships. And he's got passion projects like addiction and bigger causes that he wants to, while still having an amazing high profit, high impact business. Awesome. And, uh, you know, that, you know I, I served in that role with Joe as a client for some time and then they've worked with many clients in a similar way, one way or another. And that that's a lot of fun to be able to do it because it's the indirect impact I see being able to have. Yeah. So we, we've got one minute for this question before we transition. Mm -hmm. Last question for you in this segment, Dan, is if you were being repositioned from CEO or just a company head to sports coach, which sport would you want to coach and why? That's easy football. Okay, perfect. NFL draft was yesterday for full disclosure. We're recording this in late April and why so? Well, I love the strategy of football. It's a lot like chess. Um, you know, I especially, I mean, I love the whole game of football. I love the love offense. And so like, and part of this is my fast. Well, you just got yourself a new quarterback. Yes, we did. We'll see, we'll see how that pans out. A little concerned about how fragile he is. <laughs> yeah. I've heard the same thing, but go ahead. And so my, and also, you know, part of this, my son is 10 and he's taken up football in the last six months, uh, flag football. And, you know, just you know, the play calling, the strategizing, you know, what do you do when someone's in a man-to-man defense versus a zone defense or a deep, et cetera. So, so it's a major, it's an incredible chess match. It's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of 
you know, evaluating talent, you know, creating, you know, matchups. So, I mean, it's, it's like the great game of business in so many ways. So, uh, so football and it'd be predominantly focused on offense. Love it. Okay. So now we're going to formally pivot to our rapid fire segment. And here at Rapid Fire, Dan, we ask four quick questions with few word responses. Unfortunately, not the opportunity to elaborate, but I'm sure we could go deep on all of these. Number one, a celebrity or historical personality you'd most like to meet? Martin Luther King. Time you wake up each day? Uh, About 5 a.m. Something interesting that you do to stay fit? Uh, I do. Other than drink coffee? uh, Yes. uh, (laughs) uh, At least an hour on average a day of exercise. Wow. That's a lot. I've gotten into exercise recently, but I don't do an hour, but it's made a huge difference for me. And we haven't talked about where you're located, but the best time of year to visit Arizona. Uh, Definitely in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely in the fall. Yeah. I've been there. It wasn't so bad. It was really beautiful. I was down in Phoenix for a conference in October. So I think the time is pretty good. So awesome. So Dan, before we go today, take a minute, uh, tell Lead to Succeed Nation how they can find you, how they can learn more about your work and uh, connect with you. Absolutely. And thank you. Uh, you know, the easy way, if you want to go deeper with some of what we've shared in our conversation today, you can go to championbusinessblueprint.com. That's championbusinessblueprint.com. We have a you know, series of on-demand trainings that we make available with you know, great tools on how to get more clients, generate more sales, use automation, things like that. So you can go get that at championbusinessblueprint.com. And finally, Dan, I would be remiss if I did not ask you, since you've given us so much gold, but I know there's a lot more mining that we could do. One final life lesson, please. Enjoy the moment. I can say from my experience, some of the ups and downs uh, over time, Neftali, that I haven't always enjoyed the ride while I've been in the middle. I've been so busy at an achievement uh, that I've missed some of those magical, magical moments. And it's one of the journeys I've been on the last decade after I had a health crisis, ended up in a hospital for four days with a heart issue and surgery and signing a disclaimer that I had a one in X chance of dying. And and I was making a major shift to really being more present as a dad, as a husband, as a human being, and not focused on the human doing stuff, but focus more on human being stuff. Super powerful. That's great. Dan, it's really, really been a pleasure talking with you, learning from you. And I thank you for giving us so much wisdom and so much of your time. And I wish you much success looking, moving forward, looking forward to deepening our relationship in the future. Same here. Thanks, Neftal. Today's leadership quote is from Bill Bradley. Leadership is unlocking people's potential to become better. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you could lead to succeed. Before you go, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives us social proof and encourages more folks to. Social media junkies, please share this recording with your networks and tag me as well. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Naftali Hoff and on Twitter as Ad Impactful Coach. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you.